320 months to live. We learn from mistakes and pain much more than from successes and pleasure. What really helped me a lot was to talk with uh, other entrepreneurs. Every day that I'm not happy is wasted. When we talk about entrepreneurs, we usually imagine the stereotypical 20-year-olds in jeans and sneakers, hacking away on their MacBooks, in the corner of a hipster cafe, drinking soy lattes. Enrico Scopa, our guest today, is none of that. He represents a large number of business builders who came into this later in life. Enrico left the comfortable life of a partner at McKinsey to found Enrion Partners, a boutique professional services firm. And he talks very candidly how the awareness of his own mortality led him to start his own business. And what the challenges he faced were when he made the jump in his mid-40s. We discuss the importance of mentors and generally having people around for input and for feedback, but also the role of people in one's life who are very removed from the business. We take another look at the dynamics of co-founder relationships and how to navigate the choppy waters of a partnership. What is the role of values in a setting up a business? And where does the fun come in? And when he feels low or needs perspective, Enrico has found his own way to keep himself grounded by tapping into memories. Please meet Enrico. This is Naked by the Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. Brought to you by Vladimir Kobrestinska and Nectarios Lolios. And remember to subscribe, follow and rate Naked to help us share it with the world. Enrico, great having you. Thanks for joining us. Great being with you guys. Yeah. So you are, this time it's different because you and I, we are in Prague in Nectarius as usual. London. How's London? London is sunny from what I can see out of my cage. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know how that feels. It's, it's sunny and, and a little freezing over here. But anyhow, Enrico... Um, again, I mean, this is a special time for us. We know each other for a few years. Uh, it was on and off between us in terms of the, you know, meetings. And then we, I was just actually describing to Nectaris how we met again in uh, Pakistan, which was interesting in the hall of a hotel. You never know where you meet people again. Do you remember that? Uh, of course. I, of course. I remember that. Like I'm in Pakistan, which <laughs> was very excited to be because it was a completely new experience for me and a bit uh, um, confused by the travel and the jet lag. And then I see this blonde yeah. girl in the, in the alley and I say, oh, weird. I think I know her, <laughs> but of course, like you don't reconnect. And mm. then I had a dinner with uh, Nadim, I think mm. like one day or two days ago, or today, today after. And he would start talking about uh, common friends, and then and then he was mentioning, uh, and of course Vladimir. I say Vladimir, oh, yeah, we realize how that, small that the world said, is. Oh, really? Oh, of course she's here. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that was no lovely. Idea that it could be there. Um, how are you doing? Um, ups and down. Pretty okay, I would tell you. Like that, that we have been experiencing. Um, gigantic moment of panic, really mm. personal panic within the company. People worried for the health, the health of the beloved one. Panic with the clients, uh, uncertainty for the future. Bombarded by negative news all over the place. Lot of uncertainty. Um, I think that being Italian, living in Czech Republic, yeah. of course, like when you are an entrepreneur. Um, I guess like, you know, when, when, when somebody gives you a job, when you're an employee, you're of course afraid to be fired. Obvious. Or have a part of a salary cut. When you're an entrepreneur, uh, well, yeah, you don't, you're not afraid of being fired. You're not going to fire yourself, but, uh, fundamentally you are afraid that, gosh, all what I've been invested until now, it may be gone. And um, 
and it's not just a job, right? Just do you feel like this is, more. yeah, do you feel like this is actually different from, let's say, the other bumps on the journey of the business? Because I'm just like, I've been reflecting lately whether the current situation could be compared to some other crisis down situation of, you know, generally with the business. Like, obviously, the scale oh. is across the world, but like, how does that feel for you? Like, did you found, could you find some parallel in there? No, there is the, the only big, big difference is only uncertainty. So what, what I mean, like if you know that you're going to have a, your business reduced by 40% and reducing the growth by 2%, fine. You cannot get used to that. But now you don't, don't you just like don't know what's going to, you simply don't know what's going to, what are going to be the dynamic. Too many uncertainties. Mm. Before... Yeah, you know if if certain deal will go through or not, if you will find people to hire or not. But that was kind of a business as usual level of uncertainty. Now it's uh, um, a complete, uh, a complete, a complete uh, uh, new type of chaos, even on a personal level, right? So I think about like my mom is in Italy in the red zone. She's fine. She may not be fine any moment. That's type of things or, or, or friends uh, or things like that. Then you, you know, realize that they can be personal and professional things that you were not expecting. So this brings you to be, to have a difficult balance of being short-term-ish because you can't really think too long for because the, the, the future is too uncertain. And at the same time, you also cannot just stay still and do nothing for waiting that the storm passes. The way we kind of have the conversations with founders on, on this podcast is ultimately about, in the wider context, things that rock your confidence, things that expose you to vulnerability, things that kind of give you bumps along the journey, right? Because we, we've been talking about the situation at the moment um, in the context of you feel vulnerable on a personal level, you feel vulnerable because the business is vulnerable, etc. So we were trying to see, and this is the triggers for, for Vladis' question was ultimately other comparables. But in the end, we're all grieving to some extent the loss of something. We all feel vulnerable on many levels, and then that resonates. Um, it's, it's interesting to talk to you because the business that you're running is different from the other founders we've spoken about, spoken to so far. So you, you built um, a consultancy business, right? A business that does... Um, relies heavily on people and relies heavily on yeah, interaction. Professional right? services, yes. Professional services. Um, and maybe maybe it's a good point to kind of start digging a little bit deeper into your background because we know you had this career uh, with a large consultancy, with a large professional services firm, yeah. uh, with McKinsey. Um, and then you made the jump. So yeah. linking it back to vulnerability, going from a very structured, high-pressured corporate life to something that is full of risk, mm -hmm. full of uncertainty, and a lot of adventure and fun um, is quite a leap. I'm always curious to find out what is the trigger for somebody to do that? What goes on in somebody's head to go, I'm going to give up all that certainty and predictability that I have. Safety, totally. Yeah. When I started this and then go into something that is just unpredictable and full of big waves that might rock the boat and might tip the boat. So, yeah. So first of all, yes, my business is a professional service business. So like, like even if it's not exactly consulting, but it's a business in which fundamentally the business model is relatively simple, right? You get paid more for your clients are paying your people more than what you pay them fundamentally. And, and then there's a lot of investment and given that you're selling people, well, not you're selling services, but services delivered by people, you have to do a lot of investment to make the people good and to work them well. So the asset is much more intangible than a product and the other. But it's an easier business uh, than uh, um, a bet on a product which is going to have like an uh, okay stick curve, whatever. Now, with a professional service business, you're not going to have an okay stick return. It's like much more linear growth. Um, the reason for doing something like that, um, was thinking about that, uh, for a long time. It's, it's a mix of things. 
um, the, the, the most important one was for me to figure it out. Uh, uh, I was 46 back then. That um, um, I was count. I was remember that my father died at 63, and then I was counting. Uh, you know, okay, how many years? I'm if I die like him, like you know, how many years I had I have ahead of me. I I wish I'm gonna die at 103, but you know, you never know. And then I started to count not the years, but the months, the months. And if make the months, if you think about that, you may be dead in in in, in 320 months. It's a low number, such a low number, right? And suddenly, time became the most precious currency. Say, okay, I'm fed up, sorry. I don't want to spend another day uh, in, in, in a professional life, which is not something that I truly enjoy doing day by day. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Say, so like, it's no, no longer, it's a, what's going to be my next step in my career? Getting a corporate job, get, staying in that consulting company with a different role, stay going to another consulting company for what? For getting a, it's very well paid. Okay, I get more money. And what, what do I do with that? Is that going to make me happier? No, it's not going to make me happier at all. But every day that I'm not happy is wasted. So this was this thing, time becoming way more important than before. Uh, the second motivation was uh, um, uh, freedom, um, kind of childish, ego-driven freedom. Oh, I finally do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, I want to have this feeling. Mm, so good. Uh, and I'm going to show to everybody how capable I am of doing things whatever I want. And the third motivation, which is linked to freedom, was that uh, um, at the end of the day, my passion was inventing things and building things together. So I literally wake up one day, uh, having had a dream about the values of my company, I touched it to a wall, and I wrote an email to uh, my ex-colleague saying, thank you, I I love you all, but I don't want to accept a counteroffer. I want to do this. I want to do this. So, you know, there I want to go because the piece I'm really curious about is like, how did the environment around you, whether personal or professional, reacted to this jump of yours? Um, uh, the, the environment. So the Many of the people I was working with in my previous company were kind of uh, approaching me to to ask me to uh, join me in this. And I told to all of them, no. I'm a grandpa when I want to play an entrepreneur because I have enough money aside and that's my time for fun, but you have a great career here, so stay here as long as you can. It's a great place. Um, and on top of that, I don't want to destroy the team that I built here, taking away somewhere else. So I would like this to remain. The reaction of the market, uh, especially also because you know we started partnering with uh, Milan Summits and we were both like two well-known professional and managers of large company. The reaction of the market was like, wow, that sounds weird. But if these two guys are doing the stuff together, Maybe there is something behind that. <laughs> that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reaction of my clients was uh, that was amazing because uh, you know you don't go there. I was going back, of course, to many of my former clients offering different services, but still telling them, "Hey, I have a weird idea. Why don't we do this?" And suddenly, I was no longer a uh, McKinsey partner, I was just Enrico. Hmm. That was just me. And that was like moment of redefining how I was feeling myself. And actually the conversation were better than before. Because that in reality, probably I restarted with the people that had like a stronger connection, but they became much more relaxed, open and and uh, uh, with a, with a, um, uh, less agenda, if you want. The reaction of um, family 
um, and I mean like you know closer family and parents and in law and all the others were like, "Are you crazy? Uh, mm. what, what 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 an idea!" Uh, without daring really to tell it like too loudly. And maybe they were right, right? Looking from a certain perspective, it's like, why why you want to do something that you're going to make so much less money or to when to return to, to do the same money is going to take you forever. You could have stayed there and just enjoy and, and, and for a while or stay, or do nothing. Why you want to do this? So uh, understandable. Um, well, apart from my mom, she's always been used to me doing things that she didn't expect, so she didn't care much. But... That was a reaction. Friends, a lot of support. A lot of support. Um, Where so, does, yeah, the, the kind of also the helping, because you said something like, you use the word, this helped me, even when your clients actually looked at you and your co-founder, and we'll get to the co-founder relationship. But I'm curious, like, now I get a lot of questions from people who are thinking about making a jump towards actually being on their own and, and potentially going into entrepreneurship is like, you know what, it's scary. Like, is there something that can help me to not do this blindly, like with closed eyes? So I'm curious, like, how was it for you? Like, what were the elements that helped you to actually do the transition? Mm. Uh, what what practically really helped me a lot was to talk with uh, um, uh, other entrepreneur, and I mean any type of, from a restaurant owner to the like you know from the Kebula guys, which they were helping me a lot, from mm-hmm. the entity guys, just like people that I was that I knew from a personal level got connected, and I started to listen to their story, and I understood like wow, so much I need to learn. I mean, it's amazing, right? So, um, uh, uh, and I wish I would have spoken with more of them about their personal journey. And I've been continuing to stay in contact with them because there is not, yeah, there are books, you know, you can read The Founder's Dilemma. You know, yeah. I, 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 I have, I've read a lot, but then talking with them, and touching with with my hands what was that about that helped a lot and still i missed certain things which would have been important other some some things you learn only i i guess only through the experience so helps to continue to talk with others helps to continue to talk with others i i perfectly understand when investors speak serial entrepreneur even if they maybe went bankrupt a couple of times is because they know what they are doing yeah then the business idea may be good or bad that doesn't matter but if you've gone through it already once you're much 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 stronger i think also especially if you crash at least once i think that that would be important to crash at least once um, so that, that was what helping me most technically in the transition, but otherwise the transition was completely natural. I woke up one day and say, okay, enough. I want to have my company. <laughs> That's it. Well, I didn't need any help. Mm. I don't know if you realize this, but I was 46 when I started my entrepreneurial journey. Oh, so I there's some parallels. That. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a middle age crisis. Yeah. <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> i'm beyond that now <laughs> no, no, no. um it's um because y- you're clearly a person who is on the one side very reflected on the other side feeds of the energy of people right so it's very obvious that having people around you to bounce things off and process information with is important but it sounded a little bit like it was there at the beginning and then it disappeared or at least that's how i read what you just said is this, am I reading this correctly? Is there something that, that was yeah, between no, the no, lines? No, no, no. You read it completely correctly because at the beginning, until you don't have client project and real stuff, like you have just a lot of time to think about your business and therefore the share, the, the amount of time that you spend in talking with, uh, uh, I was not doing anything else. I mean, that, than, than doing this. Uh, um, later on, you get busy with running the business. And then you start talking with the other entrepreneurs or 
which at the end of the day are your peer mentor. You can't go to a ex-colleague, uh, uh, which is a top manager consultant, or to a manager and ask them to be your mentor unless they have been an entrepreneur. I- I'm sorry, these are like three different jobs. It's just there is something to learn, but not exactly what you need. Then you're busy running your business and you end up talking with your mentor, which are the peers as other entrepreneur, mostly when you crash into a problem. So essentially when it's a little bit too late. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I know that it's, it's kind of difficult maybe to go around and, 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 and talk ahead of time with somebody else on the market. Hey buddy, I have this problem. And this can be very serious for my company. Because you don't want to say, oh, I'm showing the weaknesses of my company, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So there is, you wait too long. Well, I think that fundamentally, that should be a systematic activity. A systematic activity. Sharing and talking with the others, that's something I've should have done more. So you spot it right. You are listening to Naked by the Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. The piece I'm I'm curious about is actually about the vulnerability, which we mentioned previously. Like, does it come, you know, is it straightforward in that conversation with an entrepreneur that is like, you meet somebody, you share about the business and the business talk I get, but the piece I'm curious is like, do you come up with emotions? To me all the time, <laughs> but, I'm, <laughs> but I'm an Italian living in Czech Republic. Me, I come with emotion all the time. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, when I, one of my biggest challenge was to recruit, uh, uh, tech engineers. Okay. And I clearly remember a moment in which a friend of mine, we are in a bar is introducing me to two guys, which are like super duper expert on digital marketing and, and the fantastic guys and introduce me saying, this is a very good friend of mine, ex McKinsey partner. Uh, that wants to become an entrepreneur and maybe you guys should talk. And those guys were looking at me as I had Ebola. Believe Mm. me, I can connect with anybody if you put me in a bar. Those two guys were kind of really kind of completely avoiding me. Then I started to try to recruit people. A complete disaster, right? Just, just I I didn't attract them at all. And I thought like, how is it possible before? And then one day I'm with them. with a guy of Kebola, which we're having a, a burger together, and I tell him, um, uh, and I'm like, look, I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. And you guys look at me. We were in uh, uh, Carlin. You guys look at me. Enrico, how many people do you see with a jacket around here? And say, no, no, oh, nobody. Yeah, you're right. How many people do you see with a white shirt around here? Well, nobody's having a shirt, actually. Everybody had a T-shirt. So say, okay, like, why don't you come back here <laughs> with a hoodie and a shirt to start? Because, Is that like, what you tell, you, they you, told you this? Yeah, yeah. He told mm. me directly. And then he posted on Facebook and he helped us to find people on the spot. Mm. Yeah, on the spot. So I was... That's interesting because you're coming... I yeah, I lost a month. Mm. So it nearly feels like but what you were saying is like, you in order to belong but but i'm not sure if that's authentic belonging but it like feels like in order to belong to the crowd you have to look as the crowd was yeah, that what so you were good. feeling or how was that for you because you were coming from a different yeah. world but how was enrico in this experience no, it's, it's, the, 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 the point is like it's not that the guys which are wearing suit at work they don't wear hoodies or t-shirt they just do it in a different time right I mean, everybody's the same. So they are like multiple personalities. But when when it's about business, the message that you pass if you show up with a t-shirt or a hoodie to a board meeting in which the dress code is different, they just send a signal. That's normal, right? So you need to fit in. Or if you decide not to fit in, you need to have a good reason for that. So... You started talking about how you, you woke up one day and decided, that's it, I'm leaving, building the business. And then you mentioned that you actually didn't do this alone. You did this with a yeah. co-founder. Um, yeah. So what's the story there? Because it means that despite this desire to start something new, you still had, in the context of the conversation of 
appear a confidant, a sounding board, you paired up with somebody. And we know that, I mean, coming from a world where we invested in companies, it was really important to look at the founding team, right? Um, and it's a bit of a dating game. So how did you find your co-founder and how did you realize that's the one to build the business with? Um, the connection with Milan was uh, um, bouncing through people. So we both knew uh, a person, uh, we both knew two persons, which I profoundly trust. And um, they both told me, you need to talk to him. And when we met, uh, we liked each other. We've been meeting and talking for several months before uh, before the transition. And, and, and then we were both uh, sharing uh, uh, for uh, personal reasons. Uh, of having gone through a very difficult personal times uh, or we both were sharing the feelings, say, okay, look, you know what? That sounds that it may work, but please, if we do it, we do it because we want to have fun, right? It has not to be something that uh, uh, is going to be a pain because we were, he didn't want to have again um, corporate job, me neither. Uh, and the, the idea of, uh, of, uh, of having fun was, uh, what clicked, uh, and the same feeling of time is very important. Yeah. The, the, the time, time is very important. Let's not waste, let's not waste time. Mm -hmm. Then on the, on, then, then add the fact that is, um, uh, way calmer, uh, than me. And therefore was helping a lot to balance my spike, emotional spikes up and down very well connected in the community, had a um, complemented experience. Uh, it was coming from the real IT world. I was coming from what I call like slideware, even if I'm personally a geek, but uh, that, that the credibility. Uh, so we liked each other and we decided uh, and we decided to give it a try. Yeah. You know, yeah, like without... in the, uh, in one of our businesses, we, put together a document which was like principles of getting into a marriage together and we are like three co-founders and you know how does that is that something which resonates with you is it a marriage is it a marriage um i think it's an exaggeration now because i mean no of course like People get emotional. If you're an entrepreneur, you get particularly emotionally involved in your business. So people say that my business is my baby, my team is my family, my partner is my my my. I'm married with my partner, um, and you create a very 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 tight structure because you put a lot of emotional attachment there, which is good because it brings dedication, and is also bad because come on, a baby is a baby. The company is not a baby. A baby is a serious thing. The company is a job, hmm. and uh, and the team is great, and you enjoy it. Family is a different thing. Sorry, yeah. So th there are similarities, and, and equally and equally with the marriage, right? It's it's a, it's a different different type of uh, it's a different type of contract. There are though there are those similarities. Um, um, did you talk? Be... Yeah, sorry. Go, go, go. No, oh, no, no. The reason why, by the way, I decided not to go on my own fully is because I, uh, I function when I have somebody else um, to discuss things with. If I just keep it too much for myself in my brain, I get either anxious or hyperactive or I start doing things which... No, I, I need to have somebody challenging me. I need to have somebody listening to me. I need even somebody telling me, like, I remember, like, at the beginning, I was just like, calling him, Milan, and what, what do we do here? And just hearing, oh, gosh, I have no idea. I was feeling better. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. There you are, somebody in it. So, yeah. But, th but that goes to the personality of, uh, of uh, um, each single person. I, I don't think that it's the general rule like uh, that you need to have a partner or two partners or three partners one has to understand do i want to be alone or do i want to have somebody to build this with 
Mm. For me, it was a very natural choice. Mm. I think some of it is also related to where you are in your life, how much life experience you actually have. Because when you talk to twenty-year-old yeah. founders who are quite even more naive and more idealistic, they don't even have an awareness of how you deal with conflict or how you deal with somebody else. So maybe there's a dating analogy there, uh, but not necessarily a marriage analogy. Because when you start dating again, of yeah. course, you know that if you want to do everything that's possible, and you have no idea what kind of conflicts will hit you along the way, how much exactly. you need to empathize and the different levels of empathy. So it, it resonates a bit. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to ask a question and you tell me if, if, if you, you want to answer it or not. And this is, so you've been in this relationship with your co-founder now for a few years. How is it going yeah. now? How are you weathering it's, together the storm of the virus situation and everything else? Oh, uh, we are at the version 2.0 of my company practically now because uh, uh, one of the, um, so what I was saying before is not if the things will get um, uh, tough, it's when they will get tough, first of all, number one. Number two is structure that even a successful business or whatever, a business which it's profitable, like you know, I don't want to say successful. I don't, I don't know how to define successful. I'm profitable, making money and paying, paying people, so works. But even in that case, when the as soon as the company starts to have its own life as an entity, as a group of people, it's completely normal that uh, uh, the company outgrow people. Was it like uh, always smooth? No, of course not. Like we just, it's just, you feel like, you know, you're, you're abandoning me. No, I'm not abandoning you. I'm helping you. Uh, it's not me. It's you. Yeah. A bit like the dating. So it's, it can be, it can be completely, uh, it can be completely smooth. Mm. Um, so so guys, if, yeah. sorry. No, no, go. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, so I just, and maybe I'm projecting here. Again, you need to correct me. If, so if you enter this relationship, which is quite intense with a, with a co-founder, right? You build a business together. And when the relationship changes, um, to some extent, you lose some of your support. Uh, at least uh, that's my, that was my experience. So when I felt I can no longer talk to my co-founders in the same way that I used yeah, to in yeah. the past because they don't get me. Is this something you've experienced? And how do you deal with this if it happens? My personal relationship uh, didn't change uh, um, the professional relationship obviously changed simply because the share of time that you spend there and the share of risk uh, and rewards that you share is different um, um, it's uh, it's kind of um, the, the, the relationship changed in a sense because the role had changed. So now we, we can talk much easier about as it would be a peer entrepreneur or manager somewhere else rather than uh, than uh, um, the one co-running fully the business with me as before. And, and it is not like asking to doing it. Say like, look, Enrico, I'm... I'm uh, you know, I, I have to give you advice and, 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 and happy to discuss at the end of the day, you know, I, I recognize that it's your final call because it's you that you're sitting there. So in this sense, I think it's a, it's a good, uh, uh, it's a good compromise. Um, of course, there are like emotions on both sides, emotion on, on one side to say like, Oh, now I'm alone. And emotional on the other side. Oh, now I'm outside. So yeah, a little bit of a breakup. Mm. But um, I think that if you pick the founder with the right um, values, um, then it's fine. And actually, we build the company only on 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 the concept of values, and they are not invented. We've just been sitting down, talk about our personal values selected the common personal four common personal values we had and we decided those are going to be the company values because in my view the company values are just simply like the minimum common denominator 
or minimum common factor, now I don't remember what's the right yeah. translation in English, of the common values of the people. That's it. Everything else is artificial. Was it through conversation that you guys were able to get into a place where you are today and through all of those, you know? Yeah, of course. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Only through conversation. I mean, I know there's another way. Well, there are people who actually even recommend as one of the supporting tools is to get a mediator. So let's say to get somebody, you know, it sounds some instrumental, but like let get a neutral party. And maybe that's the case as you are describing is when maybe the values, the common grounds is actually lost. Um, that then somebody else steps in and it helps you to navigate that process of finding that common ground again and getting into a peaceful exit in a way. No, I never thought about it. Um, I, 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 I never thought about it. I mean, because it probably has never been like a, a conflict. Mm. Wasn't an issue for it was you. Never been, it was not like a, was not like a conflict. I don't, at least look, I mean, I'm, I'm Italian, I'm emotional, right? So for me, conflict, it's conflict. Um, <laughs> being pissed for half a day or, or, or yelling at somebody for me is communication. So maybe that's a cultural difference here. And I, Indeed, <laughs> but, Milan but, is Czech, right? So that's also interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's also super calm. So no, no, no. no it's like nothing like a, nothing like a, uh, nothing like a conflict. There's been a lot of uh, open conversation, tough moments, love moments. That's okay. But because we started having a very relaxed and, 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 and same values since the beginning, probably. And Enrico, so we're talking about kind of the ups and downs of, of the journey of building and running a business. Um, what is interesting for us and for our audience is to get insights into how somebody who goes through the big uh, kind of peaks and drops, what are the channels what are the tools that you tap into when you're feeling low, when you feel you need help, when you feel you need guidance, support, call it what you like? Is there something specifically that you've learned that you're doing to help you come out of it, to help you get perspective? Hmm. Uh, a specific tool to get perspective, uh, but also the broader group of core people. Um, they have learned that when they see that I am uh, uh, down, they are very proactive. They say, stop, stop bothering about that. We will take care of this. We will take care of this. That helps a lot, right? Having your own people around which are going um, are gonna, to are gonna step in. And then as soon as your business starts to have a few years of existence, well, just look at trajectory. You know, if you grew 50% in the last uh, three years, who cares if one year was bad in the middle? Yeah, and then you, and then I have um, a little, um, uh, you know, we use a lot of Trello. I, we love it, mm-hmm. simple Kanban board. And, 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 and I also use it for memories. Things I was worried about, then I moved in things which went bad, uh, things that went ended up well, and things mm-hmm. which I even completely forgot that I was worried about. So sometimes I just go back to you that. You go back there. Mm, I go back there and say, oh, look, I was so worried about that. And then it turned out it was not so oh, bad nice. at the end. So maybe, mm, maybe, it's not so, maybe it's not so terrible. Do you come back there ad hoc or do you have some ritual about it, which is like certain frequency or at some point on the journey that you reflect? Um, I wish I would be a guy so structured to go back there regularly, <laughs> but I'm not. So no, I'll just, uh, sometime I bump into this randomly. And I see that a sign of the destiny opening my eyes. And sometimes I am just curious and looking at old pictures and looking at old memories or, or, but now in my, in my, in my brain, that is like when we are in a tough moment, 
and just tell the guys, yeah, you know what? We were in the same moment also a year ago, two years ago. It was okay. Mm. At the end, it was okay. So you need to keep the confidence that the things are going to be okay. Even if, it, if you start to think that the things are going to go bad, uh, again, self-operated prophecy. Yeah. They are going to go bad. Is there anything else on that list of those tool? You know, we call them tools, but support mechanisms to help you rise up from the, you know, a little more darker moments. Well, one of my favorite tool is 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 um, um, yeah, my personal friends, which uh, well, so lately some of them are even involved in working together with me in my, in my business because I wanted to use the business as a platform also to reconnect with those friends, and they are very good professionals. So I, I breach one of my rules of don't do business with family and friends, um, uh, but because I said like, well. Yeah, I want to I wanna have an excuse to talk with my friends. But before that, talking with them, and they were extremely bored about me talking about my business. That's so refreshing. Splash nice. against someone which say like, you know what? Fun, funny, you know, you're, 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 you're a charming <laughs> person, but your stuff, it's not so relevant. <laughs> so mm -hmm. kind of help. But to keep perspective, sometimes you have to sort of step back and thinking about is a way of kids playing at scale. Mm -hmm. The health of your beloved one or your health is way more important. It's a different scale of importance. It's a different yeah. scale of importance. You are listening to Naked by The Future Farm where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. Um, we uh, like to ask all our guests on the podcast a couple of questions. And one of them is, um, if you had the chance to ask another founder a question at the beginning of your journey that you, you didn't know you could ask then, is there something that comes to mind? Something that would help um, you would have helped you. Um, not a business question. No, 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 not a business question. But I would, um, I would probably um, exactly ask the person to tell tell me about all the worst moments and how they. Dealt, they've dealt with it practically. So I would, you know, t t tell me the things that went wrong. Don't, don't, don't brag about their successes. That's like, fine. That's not this. But tell me, like, how you dealt with the things that you didn't expect to happen and they did, they did happen and you were not, uh, and you were not ready for it or right? that would be this. Share the negative experience. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, so that's 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 it. Which, by the way, it's um, that, that that would be valid also for in a personal life. Yeah, but it's like like you climb a mountain. What what you would ask to a guy that if you never climb a mountain, that's like, ask it, is it nice upstairs? Of course, it's nice upstairs. Now tell me the story that you slipped and broke your leg <laughs> and the risk and how you dealt with that. That's much more useful because we learn from mistakes and pain much more than from successes and pleasure way more way more they're, they're just much better teacher so if if somebody will be able to share in an emotional manner what they've gone through that would help a lot that will resonate later on and then a lot of technicalities which which but they're more boring Mm. the the other version we like of the similar question is like we keep asking is like what topics do you wish we would be talking more about within the founders entrepreneurial space what themes what topics what we talk too little about 
Mm, one topic it, it, which I find interesting is is um, definition of success. Mm-hmm. So, what defines a successful company? Um, because there is um, a world of startup, which seems to me that sometimes, for example, no, no, not all of them, but certain of them, like you know, the definition of success is big valuation and somebody pumping money into it, um, regardless if they're profitable or not, uh, because of certain things. For others, which is this obsession of definition of success is something which grows very, very, very fast and makes you very, very, very rich and famous. And then what? And then what? And again, think about my case. Okay, great. I'm going to work now. Now I'm 52. No, not yet, but soon. And I'm going to work now incredibly hard so then it when I am uh, in five years, uh, I'm going to be billionaire. Who cares being billionaire at 57? What, what, what's, what's the point? Yeah. So for me, the definition of, definition of success of a company, a company which is doing something good, producing good services, it's, it's, uh, it's profitable, it's, it's stable, it's anti-fragile, gives more than what it takes, makes a other people happy, makes the money run in a way that makes sense. I would not define for myself a successful company, a company which you treat people as number, but then you have a big valuation. Fine. I mean, it's not my definition of success, but also with a lot of money and a lot of things without thinking that a definition of success for me, it's much more in the journey and in the people, you know, many people you're going to make happy between your employee, your clients, whatever it is. Are you increasing the, the total amount of happiness in the world? Or I don't know. Yeah, actually, it resonates highly because and it's interesting. We had a conversation with an investor on this podcast where he was uh, he brought this up and we were discussing the different value creation beyond the financial one. And we were talking about how do you measure those and that there is a need of an evidence nearly that, you know, the different values you create as a company, some of those which you said, hence contribute to positive change, contribute to more than the ROI. So it's just good to hear even where I sit that this keeps coming up and it's not even surprising really, but yeah, I, I hear you I hear you there. Uh, I, I have I have much less experience in interacting with investors than, than you guys do because like decided like to, so I have friends among people investing, but I decided to be self-funded because I could afford it and because I me and Milan could afford it and because um, I wanted to be sure to have all the freedom I wanted so I went for control over wealth in the balance okay so less less uh, experience uh, that, 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 that you guys do have there my belief is that still and that's also the belief of my previous uh, employee the ROI it's an outcome is not the goal. So if you are running your business well, then the economic results will arrive. It's not the other way around. So it's 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 it, it's a result. It's not it's not the goal. It's been a journey to talking to you as always. Mm-hmm. Very much enjoyed it. Thank you for being open and and sharing, as you said not just, you know, the successes and, you know, how it looks on the top of the mountain, but really how is it to kind of navigate the different turns and bumps on the journey. And that's really what we are trying to do here together. So thanks for contributing. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Enrico. Thank you, guys. It was interesting talking to Enrico because because there are some parallels in his journey. Because mm. I left my corporate life in a very different context, but at the same time, and I didn't have that waking up in the morning moment, but I had this, I want to do something and I can't do this within the corporate life that I had. 
that was an option, but it yeah. never came up. So I also had this realization. I have to do this myself. Um, the difference is that um, I didn't take as much of a risk mm-hmm. that he did, but also, I mean, yeah, he's the same age, same kind of duration of time. And I ended up also in a situation where I had to have serious conversations with my co-founders. Uh, so I, I find it easy to relate. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that with Enrico, there's probably more. Uh, I think the, so too. There were a lot the of things to exactly yeah. to to unpack. The piece I wrote down is by by big letters is the word mortality. He talked about it at the beginning around as the one of the reminders and drivers for him to do the jump. And I was just thinking about this, also lately reading a book which which is talking about this and how important actually it is in one's life to think about mortality, you know? It just reminds us when he said about those months and counting months, I was like, yeah, it's scary. We don't go there very often, but indeed it's very, you know, like useful indeed a concept to apply hmm. that when, when i discovered up. the reboot podcast and yeah. we can share the link in in the notes right um i i listened to a handful of episodes randomly across the hundred or so that they had published by then and the one thing that i felt was common to all the people who were on this podcast was I don't want to go through life without leaving a mark. I don't want to leave this world without uh, having made a difference. We all want to leave a legacy. Yeah, but it's not all of us. And this mm. is this is it. This is what is very, very, I think, very common to a lot of entrepreneurs. And if that's the driver, then the experiences you have in your journey are different, right? And that's where the, the kind of the implicit loneliness that he was talking about, uh, it sort of came through occasionally. Yeah. Um, I also love the trail a bit. You know, yeah. do you do this for yourself? I, I, do you remind yourself the moment? I, I don't have a trail. I use I use my cal- my kind of uh, calendar app. Uh, my brain works in a way that goes, I know what happened a year ago today, five years ago. I love the memories function in Facebook mm. because of that. Because it's a, it's a sort of diary, if you like. And he yeah. ultimately, what he described with the with a Trello is just a modern version of a diary, right? When you write down the things that went wrong and the things that, that go well. It's a good habit to, to do. Yeah. yeah. And come back to it, really. This friend of ours um, does this habit, like she reflects and takes the proper time around end of the year. And not only she reflects, but she emails to people who were part of the high moments with her and she lets you know. And I received one of those emails and I was so touched and i was like this is nice you know small moments so yeah there was a lot of good stuff in here today i really enjoyed it you've been listening to naked by the future farm where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core to learn more about our work sign up to our newsletter or visit thefuturefarm.co where you can also apply to be a naked guest Naked is produced by Dan Turgel, coordinating producer Alena Zamirava, and edited by Catherine Volker. And remember to subscribe, follow, and rate Naked to help us share it with the world.